Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Today, with the holidays fully upon us, we are talking with local artists and craftspeople who make all kinds of beautiful things. From custom chain-stitched garments to beautiful ceramics, haunting zines to gorgeous woodwork, the Bay Area's makers turn out some of the finest goods you can find. But what does it take to be a craftsperson today in this region where culture is rich, but finances are tight? And what's the ecosystem that helps all these creators keep going with their work? We'll talk about hobbies and obsessions, the economics of the side hustle, and some of the best places to buy locally made gifts. That's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. I'm a sucker for a book fair or a craft market. I mean, there's something so delightful about watching writers and artists peddle their project to passersby. And sometimes as I'm making my way from table to table, you just stumble on something you find totally brilliant. That's what happened to me a couple weeks ago at the East Bay Zine Fest when I picked up Yina Cam Zine on Longing. The illustrations are just perfectly executed and like nothing I've quite seen. And even now, I can see a page in my mind with this brilliant bouquet tucked in the left corner. It's like one thing to find such an incredible object published by some big publishing house in a bookshop, but how much better to buy it direct from the person who made it and published it. And as it is with book fairs, so it is with the craft markets. Like you can go direct to the artisan and ask them how they made this little pot or this garment or that ornament. And wouldn't you rather, rather have your home filled with the output of your community than some anonymous item made in a factory far away? And when you buy from them, you're supporting people's art in a place where we all know it's nearly impossible to make it just as an artist. So today, we're joined first by Yina Kim, also one of the proprietors of Odzi, a leather goods and cobbler in the sunset. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> We're also joined by Viviana Matsuda, who you may know from there, gnome to ceramics, Mudwitch. I'm the proud and lucky owner of a Mudwitch piece, and we do treasure it in my house. Thanks for joining us. Hi. We're joined, too, by Jolie Carno, who is a wood turner and the founder of the nonprofit wood shop Lower 48, with the excellent tagline, turning people into turning people. <laughs> Welcome, Jolie. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. And we're also joined by Samantha Saavedra, a chain-stitch artist and the owner of one of the coolest shops in the entire world, Temescal Alley's Miraflores. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome, Sam. Thank you. 
Um, so let's, I mean, Sam, let's start with you. I mean, is this season kind of like March Madness in the craft world? Like, this is kind of where you make or break kind of the whole year, sort of. Oh, yeah, this is the busiest time of the year, for sure. Um, and what is it, what is it like? Like, do you go just like from craft fair to craft fair? Is it taking orders on Instagram? Like, what's it look like for you? I mean, it starts kind of pre-holiday season. Like, I gotta set up pre-orders, so... Because people will always wait until the last minute <laughs> to put a custom order in. And from the past years, I don't want to be doing embroidery on the 23rd, you know. So, And I want to be able to not be super stressed or overworked on December. So I, I start taking orders like two to, two to three months before. Uh-huh. And then it's like creating all your inventory. Because a lot of the things as makers that we do is all handmade by us. Or now I be making stuff. Some of my items in Peru, where I'm from, but it's like getting them chipped here. So then I can do embroidery on the garment that I design or like it. all of it takes time. Yeah. So, yeah, you start preparing in advance and then it's just looking for all the markets that you can be in. Yeah. I get a lot of email for like um, embroidery activations with brands or so start oh, yeah. booking those. And you only have like, what, three, four weekends, like Three weekends that are like the holiday, they're like the holiday season. So it's like you get to pick and choose like where you want to be and say yes and no and get confirmation from clients. Like I started taking a deposit because I'm like I can't say (laughs) yes and then you cancel last minute and I say no to another client. So it's I mean you learn with the years. I've been doing this for seven years. I feel like in the beginning I would just say yes to anything. Not sleep, work until 4 a.m. I done like all nighters for weeks in a row. I will print a picture and like give it to my boyfriend and be like, hey, like, <laughs> see you after Christmas. You know, like, remember me? I'm this weird person that just like sneak into the bed at 4 a.m. and you go to work and we don't yeah. see each other. And he understands, you know, our partners understand. So, yeah. Yeah, and- it's the same, same for you, Yina. Is it like, did it work like that? It used to be, but yeah. I'm trying to balance my life and work more. Yeah. Uh, so not so much anymore. Are you still taking like craft fairs or are you like, have you gone to like other types of? Uh... So I used to do a lot of craft fair with Otzi Workshop, mm-hmm. um, making leather products. But since um, that I wanted to focus more on illustration, like my personal work, mm-hmm. I've we kind of stopped and um, my husband, Sujin, he's been really busy with um, his job um, repairing shoes. So we're trying yeah. to balance that. Yeah. So not so much. And we <laughs> want to sleep and we I don't want to fight with my partner. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> We're talking with a panel of craftspeople about what they do, how they sell their work, what it takes to make it as an artisan in the Bay Area. And we want to hear from you. Do you have your own craft? Have you decided to try and turn that kind of hobby or passion into a business? Tell us how it's gone. You can give us a call uh, or send us an email, forum at kqed.org. The number is 866-733-6786. Viviana, why don't you tell us um, how the sort of work that you do and how you've decided to kind of manage the business of it? Gotcha. Yeah, I'm Viviana Matsuda. Um, I do ceramics under Mudwitch, uh, the name Mudwitch, and we also have a workshop in the Mission called the Motion Potion, which is a <laughs> workshop and a store for all my other hobbies. Um, basically, um, I s- managing a 
business, let alone two businesses. It's very, very hard. I think that we all um, can acknowledge that like the way business is now, we, it's not built for small business to thrive. Mm. Like, I think that we always have to constantly explain to ourselves or to our customers why you should buy something that is more expensive, but has, in my opinion, greater value. Um, you're constantly having to explain that. And what I mean by the business is not meant for small businesses because like consumers have a way of thinking of pricing now, which is comes from very exploitative labor and things like that, where they're like, why would I get a mug for $55 when I can get one for $5? You're like competing against Target. Well, yeah, I'm also competing against years of them thinking that's normal pricing for a mug. And I'm like, the only way that pricing is normal is through like those people aren't getting minimum wage and minimum wage isn't even a livable wage. We all know that. So it's like us having to explain that like, no, this is actually the cost of something. Um, and this yeah. is why it has more value than, yeah, you could get five mugs instead of getting one of mine. But first of all, you don't need that many cheap mugs, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, like maybe you do, but like that's so many mugs. Uh, but like, you know, just get one thing that makes you really, really happy rather than filling your house with stuff, you know? You know, it's funny because I think of you as a huge success story in this realm too, though, right? You have this really thriving Instagram. It's actually hard to buy your work from what I had discovered, you know, like trying to trying to get one of your pieces. I felt like I had to set an alarm and enter an auction or, you know, I mean, it was hard. Um, yeah. So if if it's hard even for you... What have you found it's been like for, you know, people who you have worked with, say, through Emotion Potion, the workshop? You know, I think that um, I think it is. It's it's difficult to explain to people like and I think that like I got pretty lucky with just like a, a good social media following. But um, something that is nice, a positive note is over <laughs> the pandemic. People have really sat in their space and are like, what makes me happy? Does this gifted mug I got from some show I went to make me happy? I drink out of it every day. Does it make me happy? And the reality is no. So people have been slowly curating their spaces. And now it is a little easier to explain to people who have had that moment what why your things are valuable mm. um but the ground floor is always going to be this is how much they think something should cost yeah. Yeah. and that's you know so you have to kind of talk them at, not talk them out of it but like explain why that's not actually realistic um and the work and labor yeah. that all goes into it yeah that makes all sense. the work and labor yeah and then like you know there's there's like the other side of like wholesale which we won't get into if you don't want to but it's like you know <laughs> that's a, like another thing where people a lot of people don't understand how that works either yeah. um, no i think we will get into it we'll get into it a little bit yeah. uh, a little bit later um i just want to uh bring uh jolie carno into the discussion um wood turner instructor at the crucible founder of of lower 48 um when you're 
I, you know, I don't actually know how the wood turning business works, you know? Um, does it work like all these other crafts? Is it like different? Is it distinct? Like, how's it work? Uh, yes and no. So I also, I sell home scale, um, like upscale home goods, you know, um, really nice bowls and, mm-hmm. you know, giant things that you would see at a craft fair. But I also sell um, furniture legs that I make for designers and like Hardesty mm-hmm. Dwyer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, interior designers and people like that that make regular furniture. They can't turn their legs. It's kind of a specialty. And then also um, architectural pieces. So balusters, newel posts, you know, every, um, mm-hmm. uh, all of those gorgeous Victorians you see that fall apart. Somebody has to make those legs and somebody has to have the skills to do it. So, yeah. So there's a lot of things that I have to do in order to make rent. There's not just one, but I do a lot of crafts this time of year, especially. It's um, kind of wild just thinking about all of you. <laughs> You're all doing like a half dozen things. You're doing like chain stitch and running the store. You're making leather goods and doing illustrations. You're, you know, it's like, um, it feels like one of the most all in kind of uh, kind of businesses. Yeah, it's like a social, you have to be a social media marketing mm-hmm. person. And I'm not technically, I like everything. You have to learn a whole bunch of stuff just to, um, if you're devoted to making a thing, it really requires an obsession, I think, because if you're not obsessed, how are you going to yeah. uh, make yourself learn all of these really boring business things? <laughs> it's, it's awful. You have to. Yeah, we're talking with a panel of craftspeople about what they do, how they sell their work, what it takes to make it as an artisan in the Bay Area. There's all these craft markets coming up tomorrow, right? There's West Coast Craft Market at Fort Mason, I believe. We're joined this morning by Julie Carno, wood turner and instructor at the Crucible, founder of the Lower 48 Wood Shop. Samantha Saavedra, who's a chain stitch embroiderer and the owner of Miraflores in Oakland. Viviana Matsuda, ceramicist, owner of Mud Witch, also runs the workshop Emotion Potion. And Yina Kim, artist, storyteller, maker, founder of the Odyssey Workshop works and lives in the sunset in San Francisco. Love to hear from you if you're a craftsperson and you're in this world. What has this time of year been like for you? If you have a second to take this busy schedule, the number is 866-733-6786. Forum at kqed.org. Stay tuned for more. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking with craftspeople about what they do, how they sell their work, what it takes to make it as an artisan in the Bay Area. Joined by Yina Kim, founder of Odyssey Workshop, also an artist and 
maker of ceramics and uh, beautiful art. Julie Carno, wood turner and instructor at the Crucible, founder of Lower 48 Wood Shop. Uh, Samantha Saavedra, who's a chain stitch embroiderer and owner of Miraflores, make garments, beautiful things. Viviana Matsuda, ceramicist and owner of Mudwitch, also runs the workshop Emotion Potion. Um, I do, you know, I want to ask you a little more about just the actual craft. Like, we're, we're hearing how difficult this business is. So I kind of want to go to each of the four of you to just talk about the actual thing you love that's kind of powering you to want to take on all these business things. So um, the actual love is working with hands. Um, I've always wanted to um, make things on my own. Um, and I think that is the why it keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And with Leather Goods, I actually started... Um, with my partner, Sujin, uh, when we were just living in like a small apartment in Japantown, mm-hmm. like I wanted to get like a, I wanted to buy like a clutch and I was like, Sujin, can you make this? I designed <laughs> this. Um, do you think you can make it? And he's like, let me look at it. And, um, he just bought a bunch of tools and leather and he just made something, um, that was just a drawing. Mm-hmm. So that's the vision that I saw that I could probably work with him. Oh, wow. um, and then since then, we started making different um, models, um, like uh, wallets and designs, um, and that worked out really well. And yeah, and then we started, um, we actually wanted to get like a studio space or and like a workspace in a storefront. And we found this place in the Outer Sunset. Um, it was like a shoe repair shop that this Korean guy was retiring and um he was looking for someone to take over his business and we just went there to check out the space um not to not really interested in the shoe repairing part and sujin just fell in love with all these old tools and we have a lot of shoes so he's like maybe we can take this over and like do it and that's how we started the um leather goods, and also shoe repairing part of the business of Otzi. And do you just love the actual material of leather? Is that kind of what draws you into it? Yeah, we love the smell of the leather. We love going to places to buy the materials. We actually go to Napa, or we used to um, go to Napa every um, every now and then and just um, buy the materials, touch it, and talk with the people who actually sell the materials uh-huh. and that whole process of buying materials, searching for it, that was um, my, our love um, as a maker. That's so yeah. cool. Um, Viviana, wanted to ask you, what got you into ceramics and what is it do you love about the, about the materials of ceramics? Um, I got into ceramics because my dad was a ceramicist and um, he passed away and he had a home studio that we were cleaning out. And my mom was like, oh, do you want to use all these supplies? And as a person who doesn't like to waste anything, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to take a class. I went to Laney um, in Oakland and I took a class and I just fell in love with it. Um, there's something about getting really messy that we don't do as an adult that is very like playful. 
and also very freeing. Like, when's the last time you could say that you were like dirty all the way up to your elbows? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like something very fun about it. But also, when you're throwing, like, it's very meditative. There's a lot of yoga breaths going on. <laughs> um, you really can just like de stress that way. I mean, that's why ceramics is having such a big boom because everyone's stressed out yeah. and they need to go back. I mean, I call it kind of going back home because we all have history in some sort of clay play, whether it's like mud pies or your ancestors or a little <laughs> bit of both, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. these are all things that we that we kind of associate with being a little home homey kind of. Yeah. I love yeah. Sam, have you ever thrown clay? Uh, yeah, I took a few classes in ceramics, actually, that Vivian inspired me to take when she told me her story. Mm -hmm. And I was like. I need to reconnect with my inner child. <laughs> How so, did it go for you? It was great. I mean, I took this class. Like I was telling you earlier, I did double than everybody else in my class. I think I probably cried through every class. So there was a bunch of like teenage kids, first year in college, just like staring at me like, what's wrong with this lady? You know, I'm 29 and I'm just like, I'm just molding this vase, you know. So Into my life. Great. I'm yeah, turning this vase yeah. right here. It really helped me through this hard time that I was going through. And I feel like I pour everything into connecting with the mud. And like Vivian said, like getting dirty and like building with my fingers. And like, I do work with my hands, but... It's different when you're molding and, and sculpting something with clay and getting all dirty than when you're sewing and building. And it's, it's a different type of energy com that comes out of your body, yeah. I think. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your your core practice here, this uh, chain stitching, which is just so incredible <laughs> to <laughs> thank watch. Thank you, thank you. Well, I've been doing embroidery for almost seven years. Uh, I was... I was a server before that, and I feel like I really needed to reconnect. I went to school for fashion design, but I got distracted by life and having to pay bills and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I started embroidering by hand, and then a friend was, got this job at Levi's, and they showed me some embroidery that they did. And I was like, oh, my God, how long did that took you? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a person that sits down and can do the same thing like I want instant gratification a little bit <laughs> so like embroidering by hand wasn't fast enough for me in that moment um and then she showed me a video of the machine and she's like no they have these hundred year old embroidery machine and then I, I just remember seeing her in action and just automatically kind of falling in love with it mm. and being like how do I get to do that yeah. you know so eventually, after almost a year, because nobody would leave that small team at Levi's, <laughs> somebody did. And I got a job there. I had to pay my dues and do a lot of hems and tapers for the mm -hmm. first, like, eight months because embroidery obviously was the fun thing to do at the tailor shop. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they taught me the basic, like, how to thread it, kind of, like, how the needle works and, like, uh -huh. go in a circle motion. And then they, like, threw me on the, you know. Oh, and so... I picked it up. I mean, it's something that takes a lot of time. It has taken me a lot of hours of working and just kind of being really confident that I can do whatever you want and then being like, I hope this rose comes out <laughs> looking good. You know, like I acted really confident from the get go, but every project was practice. Yeah. And at the end, the details of this, per like not being perfect, that's a thing that I'm working on too. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. What is perfect for me 
like the client is gonna love it. No I was about to say what. we kind of want that a little you know? bit. We yeah. want, you know, yeah. it's not like you want like it was stamped from a but from by, a machine. by having this like. I used to do monograms, right? Monograms is like, I mean, I still do monograms, sorry. But the hardest thing to do is a single line on a name, even good looking, looking really sexy cursive, you know? It's, that's the hardest than like doing a rose. Yeah. So it took a lot of practice and more like trusting myself. Like using the embroidery is like a second hand, like I'm connected to. So it's mm. like timing and precision. And you want her to look not clunky you know mm-hmm. you want to look pretty so for for years even until like three years ago i would still print it and trace it unless i was doing a live embroidery uh-huh. you know i can do your name but if i had something in my studio i don't know i would just print it and trace it and print it and trace it because i wanted to be so uh-huh. beautiful but now you can freehand now i can like i mean i always could freehand but i was like i just wanted <laughs> to be so beautiful you yeah. know and like yeah, not yeah. but that takes more time and now like three years ago in COVID, i did so much embroidery of my own i did a lot of my own stuff that i wanted to do mm-hmm. that's what COVID gave me gave me the space to do what i wanted to do instead of just mm-hmm. custom pieces what other people wanted me to do mm-hmm. So eventually I was like, well, F this tracing paper, I got this, yeah. you know, but for, and that's what I tell my apprentice. It's like, you need to practice and practice and practice. And then it's like, it's just going to be so easy, yeah. you know? And then now I can just like freestyle, yeah. but I was really into like, let's, let's practice this and make it Lock look really it good. Yeah. yeah. We're talking with a panel of craftspeople about what they do, how they sell their work, what it takes to make it uh, as an artisan. Joined by Samantha Saavedra, who's a chain stitch embroiderer uh, and owner of Miraflores in Oakland. Viviana Matsuda, ceramicist, you may know as Mud Witch. Julie Carno, wood turner and instructor at The Crucible. Yina Kim, artist, storyteller, maker, founder of Odsey uh, Workshop. I mean, this is how hard it is to make it as we talk about this. Uh, the listener, Liz, writes in to say, I'm a retired San Francisco school teacher living on a pension. My heart goes out to artists trying to make a living at craft fairs. I participated in three events this fall, open studios with $700 worth of expenses, and I broke even, a CCSF business fair, there was no price for the booth, I sold 100 bucks worth of stuff, and a recent craft fair, the Alliance something Winterfester, and uh, that had a $150 booth fee, and I made $48 worth of sales. I used Square, which took 3% of the sales. People don't realize, I think, how expensive it is for artists to show their work is there someone, an artist out there that you really love? We'd love to hear from your craftsperson. The number is 866-733-6786. Maybe you make something, you know, uh, as gifts or food out there, or you're trying to turn a hobby or passion uh, into a business. You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. Or you can, call, uh, you can email forum at uh, kqed.org. Um, Jolie, um, I wanted to hear about wood turning which of all these things, I feel like I know the least about uh, woodcraft in general. Well, okay. So I started doing furniture and um, I can tell you that wood turning is basically, I loved what Viviana said about the uh, meditative nature of Mm -hmm. throwing pottery. It's basically that, but horizontally turned on the side. (laughs) And instead of being soft clay, it's hard wood. Mm -hmm. It's already, you know, it's already in its hardened state and you are just it's all subtractive you are just carving into the wood as the wood rotates forward um it's really meditative it really draws you in you you're forced to be there in the moment uh so it's really it's an incredible gift to be able to do it 
Um, and I think one of the best parts that students like, I, you know, I teach as well as make stuff. And so um, it's, it's a wonderful thing to start because uh, if you think that you suck at everything, you can try doing wood turning and no matter what you make, it will be symmetrical. <laughs> it will be hard. Um, and, you know, it's basically, this may be my craft. I don't know. I think okay. I might be finding it right now as, as You'd we talk. You'd be amazed at how many people um, realize that when they do it, because you can start out. It's it's kind of like the um, uh, it, it's kind of like the piano of all the crafts. You can start out and you can play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star in less than a day. Right. Mm. Or you can go on and play, you know, Chopin and Liszt and um, you know, it gets it gets uh, infinitely more difficult if you uh, know what to do and look for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it's incredibly fun, and it's uh, you come out with some really beautiful, beautiful things. And wood, you know, is probably well, it's my favorite material. It's very warm, um, and it's durable. Like it doesn't you know shatter if you drop it so easily. Um, it's not hard and cold like metal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. I, I highly recommend to anybody interested in doing it to take it, uh, to try it either at the Crucible or at the Lower 48. Or actually, there are several places in the Bay Area that teach it. So um, try it; you will be addicted and uh, lose the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's the best addiction I've ever had. So. You know, Rick uh, writes in to say, "What about woodworking in steam bending wood? Do we have any? Mm-hmm. Can you do that at your studio at, at Local 48?" Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lower 48. Yeah, we have. um, I do. I'm also a regular woodworker. I make some furniture here and there. And I've done steam bending before. And, you know, it's it's kind of fun to to be able to bend wood. Uh, It does take a lot of um, it it takes more than people realize. You have to bend the form further than you realize or further than you want it to stay because it'll come back. Mm. Uh, So there's a lot of there's a lot of working with that. You have to be committed to um breaking things and finding out uh, what works and what doesn't you know well rick would like you to make him a sled i believe i think that was what he was uh what he was going for i um you know, i'm also really interested because uh, i guess three of you own a shop of some kind right so you're sort of on both sides of of this um like sam how do you decide when you're going to carry someone like I understand you might have mud witch even in your <laughs> in your shop. Yeah, we uh, Little Flex. We are one of the only retail stores that carry <laughs> mud witch. So if you can't get your amazing mud witch on Vivian's website, you can always stop by Mira Flores and get one. Uh, what goes into the store? I mean, I am a baby at owning a store. I have only had it for a year and three months. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I am a maker at heart. So uh, I first reach out to like the people that I've been that I like I created these network of makers by doing markets mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of makers like a lot of the things that I purchase for myself in my house I have a lot of my witch in my home is from people that I met because I love their work and I appreciate mm-hmm. it and I know how hard we work so I first reach out to them. And I was really lucky that they all wanted to be part of Mia Flores in Oakland. So mm. we have right now like 10 plus local artists. I have some artist base. Um, a girl from France reached out that she, we follow each other on Instagram. Like we're like Instagram <laughs> uh, craft friends. Mm-hmm. And she just shipped some cool pillows. Like I, I'm always, I always want to get to know new makers too, you know, um, so right now we have like 10 plus local artists. We have people from LA that send their stuff. Um, 
And I mean, I don't know everybody, but I just I just want to support makers yeah. and and show cool stuff. So, Viviana, how about you with Emotion Potion? Um, actually, I was gonna say um, that Sam and I met at a craft fair, <laughs> and that's kind of our little kind of same thing. Um, and uh, when I met her, she was had a freshly shaven head, and I. <laughs> She has long, flowing locks now, just so everyone knows. Yeah, they're so beautiful, and I I account our friendship for how long her hair has gotten. I'm like, oh, I've known you for that long. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, The shop was actually a place place to store all my um, other hobbies, but now we we do a lot of pop-ups. That's kind of... I just wanted to do something beyond ceramics, because sometimes... I mean, I love ceramics, obviously, but sometimes you you just want to do other things. So we have like plus size pop ups and um, small maker pop ups, and it's kind of the same thing. You make a network. I call them like my camp friends because it's like you go to the same uh, shows every quite a couple times a year. You see the same people. You become friends with them, um, and it's really it's really nice. Um, and then, you know, when you have the opportunity to have a pop-up, you hit them up. Um, but yeah, mostly it's like just me kind of making candles cause I'm stressed about whatever. <laughs> it's all my stress pile of crafts. I love it. And I, you know, it's funny to, to think about the community that gets built around this kind of thing too. Right. Because you do, it's, it, camp seems like such a great, like, I, you know, where I saw you at East Bay uh, Zine Fest, people are packed in kind of like table to table and they're kind of covering for each other as they go to lunch. And you know, it did have this whole feel of like, oh man, as opposed to artists working alone, you know, in a studio, it had much more of like a kind of community vibe. Yeah, that's what I love about having a shop too, because um, I always work alone late at night. Um, I don't see friends, and I lost a lot of friends from not seeing them. <laughs> and I'm always with my partner. We're just two of us hanging out and working. So um, opening a shop definitely helped us to make new friends yeah. and, like, um, yeah, being oh, in the community. So cool. Yeah. We're talking with a panel of craftspeople about how they do what they do and make it here in the Bay Area. Joined by Yina Kim, founder of Odyssey Workshop, makes all kinds of stuff. Julie Carno, Wood Turner, Samantha Saavedra, chain stitch embroiderer and owner of Mira Flores, and Viviana Matsuda, ceram assistant owner of Mud Witch, runs the workshop Emotion Potion. You can give us a call if you're a craftsperson. We'll get to some more calls and comments after the break. The number is 866-733-6786, or you can email forum at KQED. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking with a panel of craftspeople about how they do what they do, how they sell their work, what it takes to make it here in the Bay Area as an artisan, running shops, etc. Joined by Jolie Carno, wood turner, instructor at the Crucible, founder of the Lower 48 Wood Shop, Samantha Saavedra, a chain stitch embroiderer and the owner of Mira Flores in Oakland, Bibiana Matsuda, ceramicist and owner of Mud Witch, and Yuna Kim, storyteller, maker, founder of Odsey Workshop, uh, lives and works in the Sunset in San Francisco. Let's bring in um, Jenny in San Francisco. Welcome. Hi. Um my name is Jenny, and I am the owner of Jenny Lemons. I heard Vivi on the air, and I had to call in and say hi. <laughs> um, I have owned a shop in San Francisco for the last six years, and we closed our doors um, November 30th this oh, year. Oh, man. We just closed. It's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just I wanted to ask the panelists about how they are surviving as a shop owner um, mm. in San Francisco with raising rents, paying for mm employees, um, having a work-life balance. Um, before I had my shop, I was a maker. I, now I'm going to go back to being a maker because yeah. I just I just couldn't um, stomach yeah. being away from my kid all the time and being in my shop. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, Jenny, do you want to tell us anything more about how, the, how it went with the shop, just so they kind of, the audience knows? Sure. Sure. Um, well, I guess we opened in um, 2017, um, right before the pandemic. Um, and in my shop, I carried Mudwitch. <laughs> um, and uh, Vivi actually taught in, uh, her ceramics classes in my shop. Um, we carried all local makers. Um, I hand block printed and sewed my clothing in the back of my shop and sold it in the front. Um, we had art classes. Like every like three days a week um, mm-hmm. in the evenings, um, we also did like corporate team building for companies around the city, teaching them watercolor and and ceramics yeah. and you know whatever craft. Um, and then the pandemic struck and we all went online. Um, mm-hmm. And you know after the pandemic, we just couldn't uh, get it back to the level we were before. Yeah. Um, part of it was a change in me, like I had a daughter um, and like couldn't be teaching art classes until 11 p.m. anymore, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, and, and then, you know, it just, we tried, we limped along for a few years and I decided, you know, it's just time for me to go back to being yeah. a designer on my own. Yeah. I, I, you know, Jenny, thanks for sharing that story with us. I mean, Bibiana, do you want to talk about that? I mean, it, I would say, having spoken with all of you now, I'm not sure work-life balance has been something that has been easy to find within uh, this world. Yeah, no, I saw this meme the other day that was like, like small business owners work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week for someone else. And it's true. There's like the biggest challenge is work-life balance. Um, Hi, Jenny, by the way. Hello. Um, Jenny, I used to live around the corner from Jenny's store and I was like so excited when the first year I moved um, into the neighborhood. I was so excited to see your store. Um, But yeah, um, retail in San Francisco especially, I mean, oh my gosh, it's hitting like national news. Isn't the easiest thing. 
Um, but we really minimized our like labor. People, we are only open on the weekends. People are like, why aren't you open longer? And uh, I will say that if we were open longer, the cost of labor would have would trump any sort of um, profits that we make because it's very very tight. Everything is so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a balancing act between like labor and uh, hours you want to be open. So yeah. we're open our busiest hours, and um, I will say like it's kind of sad because I I want to be open more um, especially because there's a kid's school next door and i'm like oh it'd be so fun if like the kids came in and like (laughs) broke uh, all the stuff (laughs) well (laughs) we have all the soft stuff at the bottom (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, no but it would be fun but yeah it's just such a hard balancing act and it's not easy i mean some businesses don't even turn profits and sometimes we don't you know yeah, yeah. Let's bring in uh let's bring in another uh kind of maker. Let's bring in uh Bill Bloom in California here. Oops, here I am. I'm in Petaluma. <laughs> oh hey. Hey. And and uh I made toys for the Waldorf schools. Uh, I even had some sales in San Francisco at Christmas times. Made fifteen thousand gnome houses roughly over forty years. Oh my God! Carved them on a bandsaw. Name of the business is slash was Heartwood Arts. Heartwood, not Sapwood Arts. Heartwood. Heartwood is one word, and it's H E A R T W O O D, and then the second word is arts. Love it. And uh, and anyway, how'd you get into uh, it, Bill? Did you just um, did you uh, just start carving as a kid? I did. When I was 11 years old, my teacher suggested that I read a Life of Abraham Lincoln. One. And anyway, i uh, he was my, I believe, first carving. Wow. I had 11 in a, in a broomstick. So <laughs> I, I learned. And I've done clay work. I've sculpted in clay. Yeah. But, uh, but my, and then a guy asked me to, I, I I needed a job, and a guy had me uh, uh, carving, uh, cutting uh, jewelry boxes on a bandsaw. And being a sculptor, I realized, oh, my God, I can sculpt on this thing. So, And I've kept all my fingers all those years. <laughs> Congratulations. And, uh, that does seem like an accomplishment with uh, 15,000 um, pieces there. Um, thanks so much, uh, Bill. Really appreciate that call. Um, I love I, I love the way that making things, like that, that desire to work with your hands that you were talking about, Yina, it just unites like so many different kinds of people because it's sort of, it's more of a personality type than anything else. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, let's bring in uh, Leslie in Berkeley. Welcome, Leslie. Hi. Hey, what's I your question? Have yeah. A question. I have a question for the hand embroiderer. I, uh, I also do hand embroidery, not cross-stitch. I do uh, the more intricate work and stump work. I've been having a terrible time getting supplies, and I'm wondering, uh, do you have any pointers of local businesses that are supplying the silks and, uh, you know, the wire work, the work for stump work, or even just the right kind of needle? Mm. Good question, Leslie. 
Um, you may have I, stumped Sam. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to use this specific brand of thread that I know that it works perfectly with my 120-year-old embroidery machine. I've tried other threads, and it, it did not work, so I use Madeira, which is not local, and it's not a small company. Mm. But they get it to me fast, and they have all the colors that I need. So you can always – they have different threads there. Maybe that could help you, Madeira.com. Yeah. Get their threats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's bring in uh, Giselle in San Francisco. Welcome, Giselle. Hi, my name is Giselle, and I own Rare Device in San Francisco. Oh, Rare Device. Oh, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, And I carried Vivi's work, and I also worked with Dina a few years ago. Uh, uh, We had her in a gallery show. Um, I'm just calling to say... Um, it's so important to support small businesses like all the time. And especially now, like uh, I think it's been discussed that it's been a hard year for so many of us. Um, I know Jenny called earlier. She had to close her shop. I'm so sad about that. Um, But I think supporting small businesses and small makers is so important because we make our city interesting and we also support other small businesses and other small makers, we can keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a reminder to shop small yeah. during the holidays <laughs> and every day. <laughs> hey, Giselle, also, probably like 13 years ago, I bought a necklace for my now wife, and it was at Rare Device, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, all these years, oh. you've just been doing such awesome stuff, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I, we got... Steve in San Francisco. Welcome, Steve. Hey, thank you. Uh, I have a question for the guests. I'm wondering, um, do you have any advice for somebody who's into kind of a kind of a maker, I guess, doing like leather craft and and stuff, um, little home workshop, just uh, in my nights after work and and things like that, and maybe on weekends. Any advice or suggestions about? I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to actually try to make some money with this. Most mm-hmm. of my stuff I just give away to friends. It's actually a very expensive hobby, to be <laughs> Because <honest. laughs> um, yeah. the leather is really expensive. All the tools are expensive. Yeah. Um, but you... Um, so we kind of stopped making um, our products um, to sell as a wholesale because mm. we never made much profit or going to mm-hmm. craft fairs. Um, it just doesn't work that well. Mm-hmm. So we started making custom goods. Um, so you might be um, honing into something, into like a craft, um, more like a custom made stuff because everybody's looking for something um, made by someone with their idea. So you might be, that might be a advice. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, Sam. <laughs> Well, if you're already making them and you're giving it to your friends, <laughs> just start posting them on Instagram. Like, yeah. start posting them on your social media and then sign up for a small market. Like, I'm not telling you go to the huge two-day market fair that people that have been doing this for years are doing, but start, start. Mm. there's markets in the weekends in the mission. There's markets, like, probably everywhere people are putting together markets. So sign up for one and just put your table. That's how I started. Just put your table, a little cloth on top. And show your work, and you never know. Maybe somebody wants to buy, and that's you know your first sell. Yeah, 
We'll bring more cells <laughs> if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, another listener, Joan, writes in to say, you know, one of the things I love about living in this area are the neighborhood shops like, you know, Rare Device, Miraflores, Odyssey, Emotion Potion. They offer real customer service, unlike big box stores, and the store owners look for the things that are different from the cookie cutter products. If you shop online where you can find individually made items or in big box stores, I tell people if you like having neighborhood shops, shop in them. They can only remain in the neighborhood store if you shop there. We're talking with a panel of craftspeople about what they do, how they sell their work, you know, the sort of stores that, that they own, what it takes to really kind of make it as an artisan in the Bay Area. We're joined by Samantha Saavedra, a chain stitch embroiderer who owns Miraflores in Oakland, Viviana Matsuna, who owns Mudwitch, runs the workshop Emotion Potion in San Francisco, Yina Kim, founder of Odzi Workshop, also makes incredible zines, which I, I mentioned at the top. They're incredibly beautiful. And uh, Jolie Carno, who's a wood turner and an instructor at the Crucible and founder of the Lower 48 Wood Shop. You know, this is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. For more information about how to support KQED, go to kqed.org. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about online sales and how that has really changed things. And Viviana, maybe we bring you in on this. I mean, how have you thought about sort of Etsy, Instagram, you know, versus a kind of like IRL um, sales? Uh, we do like the majority of our sales online. Um, something that's really nice about social media is you can access people from all over the world. Um, and it's nice because, I mean, I always think, kind of think about growing up and wanting to be an artist or creator. Like, people would always say, like, well, you need connections, you need this, you need that. It was mostly for promoting, but now that social media is such a thing, you can just put your work into it and then reach those same audiences. So you don't need these, like, kind of barriers of connection. Um, I mean, those always help, but now you can just start uh social media following and show your process and get an organic mm -hmm. audience that way. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we sell mostly online in person is great too, but you know, yeah. having a or of just ceramics is not, I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, one thing we haven't talked about yet and Jolie, I want to bring you in on this one is kind of the way that teaching also helps support some of these things. Um, What's it been like, you know, kind of splitting your time between being an instructor um, at the Crucible or at, you know, Lower 48 and, and doing your, your own work? Well, yeah, I mean, I had somebody said that you have no social life. That is true. I feel like my <laughs> my friends um, that I've kept are either, you know, really uh, doing their own thing as well. Or, um, you know, I tell people, if you want to visit, you better come to the shop and bring me coffee. And, um, so that's Sam agrees. Because <laughs> everybody's nodding in here. Yeah. 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 So I've got like, you know, so I'll, I'll be there sanding something while talking to somebody and drinking coffee. And uh, yeah, and that's 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 the extent of my friendship. Same with my marriage. Sometimes <laughs> I'll have to bring my husband in. Um, so we, I just got a bunch of orders uh, from uh, for uh, pepper mills. And so I've got my husband in there. Um, drilling holes in things, and that counts as our fun marriage date night. <laughs> that's, that's how that is. Goals, goals. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And so I've got an online business as well, Jolie Carter Design, and uh, yeah, it's um, God, it's 
It's it's rough. It's the I think people are talking about different ways to sell stuff, and I haven't heard anybody bring up pop ups yet because there mm. there are some um, that are happening in the Bay Area. Um, they're hard to kind of get into or know about mm. so far as I can tell. So having my own online um, place where people can buy things directly from me, because if you go to a gallery, which I used to do, they'll take 50 to 60 percent. Mm -hmm. And that is I mean, I can't afford to do that. I'm just you know, I'm either losing uh, money or, or not. But I about the, the question you had was about teaching. And I wanted to say that, like, um, the thing that has helped me to become better at my craft by far has been teaching. Yeah, I hmm. never knew what I didn't know until I had to try to teach it to someone. And um, that happens continuously. It's not like a one-time thing. I'm constantly learning new things every time I teach something. Yeah. So yeah. I can't recommend that more to people who uh, love their craft and want to spread it or just want to get better at it. <laughs> um, so I've been loving the uh, community vibe. We're going to do a round robin. You get to shout out one other maker that you really love. Um, Maybe we'll start with Viviana. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I love Tac Tac. They're um, not in the state, but they make uh, glassware and it's very, very fun. Some of them wear earrings. So that's, that's all I can say. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you love many of the other makers in your community. <laughs> um, how about you, Julie? Are there, are there woodworkers that you really love? So many, but actually, um, I the person I'm thinking of is Celeste Flores, who's a blacksmith. Um, she's oh, local. Wow. She's amazing. She runs clay and steel, and she also teaches, but she does she makes beautiful work. Celeste Flores. Okay. All right, Sam. How about you? I want to shout out my friend Megan from Patchulator. She's based in Oakland and makes the cutest, coolest patches that we do carry to at Miraflores <laughs> and tote bags. Patchulator. But go see her tomorrow. She will be at West Coast Craft, too, as well. Me and Mutwitch and a lot of other yeah. amazing local That's artists. at Fort Mason, right? Yes, Fort from Mason, 11 to 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yina, you want to shout out? Um, Case for Making. They make um, handmade watercolors. Oh, cool. In outer sunset. Handmade water, like the actual paints yes. to then go, wow. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Oh, that is cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we have been talking with a panel of craftspeople about their art and business. Um, we've been joined this morning by Yina Kim, artist, storyteller, maker, founder of Odyssey Workshop. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Been joined by Samantha Sabedra, chain stitch embroiderer, owner of Mira Flores in Oakland. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Been joined by Jolie Carno, a wood turner and instructor at the Crucible, founder of Lore 48 Woodshop. Thank you, Jolie. Hey, thanks for having me. And Bibiana Matsuda, owner of Mudwitch. Thank you so much. Thank you. The 9 o'clock hour of form is produced by Blanca Torres, Grace Juan, and Rafael Timmons. Our interns are Jericho Reininger and Emiko Oda. Marlena Jackson Rotondo is our engagement producer. Francesca Fenzi is our digital community producer. Judy Campbell is our lead producer. Danny Bringer is our engineer. Vice President News is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. That's everyone. This is Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum ahead with Nina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.